Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's terrible, my me? This is It Could Happen Here, a podcast about collapse, and that's appropriate because everyone's faith in me uh-huh. as a colleague has collapsed today uh-huh. as the result of a series <laughs> of horrific clusterfucks on my part. I'm late to the meeting. I accidentally left the meeting when they started recording. Just a, just a complete fucking shit show. Yes. Speaking of shit shows... My co-host, Garrison Davis. Oh, How are you, Garrison? <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm the one that saved this. I had to send the guest the Zoom call. I know. I know. I, I'm not even supposed to be on this call. No, you're not. You're not even supposed to be working today. That's not true. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> but you're not but, on this call. Not on this call, but here I am, saving, well, saving the pod. This is, enough, this is enough witty banter. This is a daily podcast. Yeah. All right. And now let's bring on our guest for today, Monsignor... Alex Newhouse. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, Thanks for having me. I feel like I was pulled in off the street, just like (laughs) bundled into a van and then. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, you know how people used to get like Shanghai, like, like captured by. uh, Allegedly. 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 And and forced to work on, on, on boats in like San Francisco and whatnot. We do that with podcasts. I mean, that is actually most of what I've done to the people Mm -hmm. who work on your podcast. 
I've, I think yeah. I've ha- I think I've had everyone from your show on our show now, and it has mm-hmm. been very much like I'm just pulling them on a string. Speaking of which, Alex, you are one of the hosts of the Terrorism is Bad podcast, a, a very uh, 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 controversially named podcast, uh, and you work at the Middlebury Institute of International Studies at Monterey Center of Terrorism, Extremism, and Counterterrorism. Center on, not not of. That would be a different center. Very important. Imagine. Very important. Yeah. Uh, middle word there. And we're not. Also... We're not bringing you on to talk about how to make explosively formed <laughs> penetrators. Not this <laughs> no, time. No, <that's, laughs> not this time. <laughs> that is someone else. Yeah. yeah oh, but you, and you are also a. You are also a actual games journalist. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got my start in this weird space how, via GamerGate. How do you feel about ethics <laughs> in the game journalism industry, Alex? Uh. It's, always been fine like mm-hmm. people right, yeah, that's, lost that's their shit cool. yeah yeah all right anyway that's the end of that yeah i do want to actually start there alex because it, you and i both have something in common which is that we we got our start writing in a field that's wildly different from consulting with like governments on terrorism <laughs> <laughs> like for me it was i wanted to write like dick jokes on the internet and i just like stumbled into a bunch of isis propaganda that most people weren't aware of and and that started me like lecturing at universities yeah, and shit yeah, yeah. And, and for you it was gamergate so i'm interested in kind of you telling your story a little bit to start us yeah. off yeah so i was a, uh, I was during undergrad i interned every summer at gamespot a video game website you may have heard of uh, it's one of the two big ones along with ign um and when i was doing that i was so this was 2014 2015 2016 like right in the at the beginning stages of of gamergate really popping off and uh, what ended up happening is a lot of the the people I worked with, a lot of my colleagues and friends were just in the blast zone. They were just targeted by the absolute onslaught of of harassment. Um, and I just out of curiosity started looking into some of those people who were who were targeting my friends and colleagues. And it ended up being a lot of the people that we're still talking about today. Uh, you know, it all all rolls back up to the Breitbart uh, metropolitan area, if you will. Yeah. And um. I don't know. What do uh, the thing that made me want to? I mean, obviously, I've been aware of your work for a while. But the thing that made me want to specifically bring you on is you started on a new project to create like a video game that that will hopefully have an ability to help like de-radicalize people. And I'm I'm not entirely certain like of the details of the project, but I think it's a fascinating project because, as as you know all too well, a lot of this stuff started in gaming not as a result of anything specifically about gaming but the kind of like socialization that occurs in those spaces and the kind of like different communities and it's been like we have going back to the 90s evidence of like different nazi groups on the early internet like talking about like these are specific these specific groups and subcultures that you know will have an easier time radicalizing and whatnot but yeah i'm interested in kind of what actually is going on with this project um, and and how you think it's going to look at this stage? I understand it's pretty early in development right now, so I'm not expecting like, you know, an E3 walkthrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our E3 Slice of Life demo. Uh, I wish um, we had that. Um, yeah, we won a grant from uh, DHS and FEMA, uh, their, their terrorism prevention grant program this year. Uh, we just got awarded it like literally two weeks ago, so have not even started work on it at all. But the project will be a collaboration between my center and a nonprofit games development company called the iThrive Foundation. Uh, and basically what we are going to do is like build digital scenarios, digital narratives uh, that can be engaged with uh, within classroom settings. So we're targeting high schools for rolling this out. Uh, and the idea is that we're going to give students the ability to take on roles that empower them 
to better understand how extremism and radicalization work as mechanisms, uh, which will hopefully the idea is that it will it will improve resilience and you know civil integrity and all those fun buzzwords um, within within high school communities. So we're not necessarily trying to de-radicalize already radicalized people, but we're really trying to build community awareness, community resilience to to radicalization pathways. I mean, this is something I think about constantly because I, I get asked this a lot. You know, I'll get, I'll get emailed questions from people, sometimes as much detail as like, hey, I'm like a teacher and here's some things this kid in my class has said or something he put in an essay. And like, I'm growing really concerned about him and like, I, I what do I do? And my usual answer is you know, there's a couple of people who I uh, respect that I'll try to direct them to. But I, I don't – I'm pretty good at how people get radicalized. It's something I spend a lot of time studying. I don't know how – how you I have trouble figuring out how to break down these pathways because like right, right the the default for a lot of people and for a lot of time has been well you deplatform them right you um you get them off of whatever and there's there's I do certainly think there's there's utility in that but there's also you know the toothpaste tube effect the fact that when you you squash these popular areas where they're able to spread then they they filter off into increasingly isolated communities they develop new terms they find out ways to hide it and that actually increases you know, it may re- it may reduce the number of people who get radicalized, but the people who remain just get more and more extreme because they're even more isolated from, you know, everyone else. And I don't know. How do you how do how do how do you break that de- that radicalization cycle? Like, how do you how do you stop that shit before it gets, you know, to a tipping point? Yeah, I mean, in, in general, I'm with you. I'm pretty skeptical of uh, a lot of de-radicalization strategies. Uh, and it's it's like an incredibly difficult task to to yeah. pull someone out who's already going down these pathways. And then, like you said, it's also an incredibly difficult task to make sure that when you are disrupting the radicalization networks, that they aren't just disappearing off to some other corner of the internet, mm-hmm. which we know they're doing. Like one of the yeah. reasons why we're we're working with a video game video game company is over the last few years we've noticed a big migration into video game platforms. Uh, especially big social-based video game platforms like Roblox and Minecraft, which are ne- like not even remotely pe- prepared to deal with, you know, very well-developed, sophisticated radicalization networks. They have moved over there, uh, both for organization and radicalization reasons, um, since mainstream companies have started taking more of an interest in deplatforming them. Uh, and so we are ending up like pretty wildly unprepared for this sudden onslaught of extremists being right in front of kids as they're playing games or you know teenagers or even young adults so our idea essentially is to use that language the same language that extremists are trying to adopt via the structures of video games through via the sort of interactivity there to better communicate uh the the impacts of extremism what it looks like how to identify it and hopefully how to avoid getting you know falling into the traps that are laid uh, for for unsuspecting people, one of the issues, and I, I'm curious your thoughts on this because we 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 talk a lot about, like I think people have become increasingly aware of how bad Facebook in particular is as a problem with this. It's it's really where we owe a lot of the Boogaloo movement to, and now this stuff is coming out about like the data Facebook has had on just, and this isn't this isn't this is adjacent to radicalization, yeah. um, the mental impact that it's been having on teenagers, right? Like the the just how bad it is. For people, and um, I'm wondering, like, how do you scale this stuff? I guess is the question. Like, how do you actually, how do you make the social internet less dangerous? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be extremely tough. And we are even starting very, very small. Like we're building yeah. we're building on a narrative platform to target three high schools right now. Yeah. Um, but the hope is that ultimately what we can do is build a tool set and, and a platform, like literally a, a game platform that can be used by high school teachers and high school classes throughout the country uh, or throughout the world. Um, the idea will be to hopefully make a new sort of uh, package of different methods and interactive experiences that can be reused into the future. But it is one of the big open questions that we will hopefully come to some sort of answer for throughout the project about how do we actually scale this up. Um, but, you know, in general, it is, again, like one of the biggest open questions right now. Um, one of the reasons why I'm so skeptical of a lot of DRAD and CVE uh, techniques is they try to go for scale above effectiveness, um, when in reality, one of the best and only de-radicalization pathways that we know of involves people that you know and I know going out and meeting with these people one-on-one -on -one and having intensive, frequent communications with them. So um there's as far as we know there's not a good answer right now this is a huge place of research right now because we just straight up do not understand how to scale up um yeah radicalization prevention and de-radicalization i mean and, and what you know what you're trying to do in like reaching kids in high school in something that's meant they're meant to be consuming while they're in school is even such an additional challenge because i think you and i are both young enough to at least remember that like almost nothing that you put before kids in that context in a school gets through. I, I can I, I can think about like anti-drug programs and stuff when I was a kid and how ineffective yeah. they were. There was I had one one effective anti-drug like speech by a teacher and it was just a teacher who whose son was part of this this there was this one night in Plano where like six kids OD'd on heroin. It was it, there was a big Rolling Stone article about it. It was a very famous moment. And her son was one of the kids who nearly died and she was and, and she like just explained like physically what happened to him and begged us not to do heroin. And that actually did stick with me. I've never, never shot up anything. <laughs> um, but, you know, like the, the, a lot of it doesn't work. And I think part of why it was, it's this thing I talked about when I, I tried to explain like why ISIS propaganda was so effective. It's the, um, it feels more authentic than the, yeah. than the counter narrative, right? The counter narrative, because it's, it's usually focus grouped. It's coming as the result of like some sort of government initiative. A bunch of people worked on it together. It, it feels focus grouped as opposed to there's something inherently more compelling about something that just like feels like somebody who really gave a shit cares a lot put yeah. this thing together even if it's terrible and i that strikes me as a really because if you're going to be scaling something and trying to reach a lot of people it's going to have to be something that is put together at scale by an organization and how do you I mean, I, I know this must be on your mind as you're trying to figure out how to craft this thing. I'm just interested in your thoughts on that, really. Yeah. I mean, that exact challenge challenge is what led us to proposing the project project that we are. So the idea behind it or the the uh, impetus behind what we do, what we proposed is um, the exact problem of students just don't listen to people in wh whether that's anti-drug programs or mm -hmm. anything like that. Often my uh, my. Uh, feeling about it is they are often resistant to it because it's very negative. It's very, don't do this, don't do this. Um, setting up boundaries for for uh, kids and adolescents to act within. It's all very declaratory, very com you know, mm -hmm. commanding. Um, there's, no, there's no sense of treating kids like people who have control, who have interests, who have motivations. It's all attempting to restrict them. And so the idea is that we're going to attempt to build a game platform that actually empowers students to operate within roles that have control, that 
that have something to say, to give them voices, to give them uh, and that sort of feeling of being a, an established um, person within a within a certain scenario. Um, the way that I've been thinking about it is that we're basically merging video games with like the structure of a Model UN conference or something like that. Um, hopefully, we'll be a little less nerdy than Model UN conferences, but mm-hmm. that's the idea of giving people power to make decisions uh, and and treat them like actual you know operating hu- humans. Yeah, I uh, I'm wondering, do you have any kind of models that you're looking at when you think of like? something that you see as as kind of worth i don't know emulating maybe the wrong word but like oh these people i think got it right and and this was effective like or is this really a situation where you feel like we're kind of in the fucking wilderness here there's not a lot of great models for what's effective we are very much in the wilderness yeah um, we're <laughs> that be was pulling, kind of what i was yeah, expecting you to say yeah. it, like so much of cve and drad work over the last 10 years has been directly towards trying to essentially recreate the like the the dare model or the anti-drug model just in a different field um and so we're going to be pulling from scenario builders and like model un and debate and like all of these different models that seem to at least work to get kids engaged with like operating in that sort of situation but it is going to be pretty i mean at least from what i understand it's going to be pretty new we're going to be out there really flying blind for a lot of it um but we will you know we have a a pilot phase built in to try to beta test this with with um, some of the students we're incorporating students and instructors in the actual creation development stage so that'll be a another hopefully good part of this we'll we'll give some students experience with the game development process um which i think will help engage them as well yeah Um, no that actually yeah that strikes me as a particularly good idea of like giving and also just giving them some agency. So it's not yeah. like this is a thing that you are forced to consume. Like this is right. a thing that you can like learn something from. I think that's that's very important. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm interested in how you see how you see this because, like, again, we kind of both got in around the same time. Gamergate is when I started paying attention to radicalization too. How do you think it's changed since then? How do you think like the nature of of how particularly like younger people are being radicalized has changed? And I, I guess I'm also interested because I, I get the feeling that back then it was mostly younger people getting radicalized, and that's no longer the case. Right. You know, I'm just as we're talking, I just came across a video on Twitter of a group of anti-vax protesters chasing parents and children away from an elementary school and screaming at them that they're raping their kids with a vaccine. So clearly the problem has expanded, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I, I, one of the things that keeps me up at night is when we start, if, you know, knock on wood, we are able to roll this out to more schools, we're going to run into some probably very resistant parents who have been oh, heavily yeah. radicalized. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, the big one is like what you said, like the, the radicalization demographics have vastly expanded uh, mm-hmm. to incorporate so many more different types of people, so many more ages and even ethnicities and genders. Um, but what we do know is that the hardcore of the, of the violent extremists are still targeting adolescents. Um, we know accelerationists, for instance, hang out and try to uh, essentially black pill a bunch of teens especially autistic teens, especially teens with mental health issues, uh, and bring them into a more violent, more accelerationist posture. Um, So, I mean, I think that has sort of stayed constant throughout all of this. One of the big uh, changes has been platforms. You know, 10 years ago, it was much easier for a neo-Nazi to operate openly on YouTube or Facebook. But that has thankfully changed. Um, But they have spread out into... Uh, like I mentioned earlier, they've spread out into video games. They spread out into other sorts of uh, platforms where the social aspect isn't necessarily the first part of the platform, but rather a secondary aspect to it. Uh, and they try to engage um, adolescents on their own turf, on you know, in a Roblox game or in a in a video game forum out there. Mm-hmm. It's not even enough to say it feels like the the task of reducing radicalization or or not not even mention pulling it back, just stopping the process feels not just like whack-a-mole, but like whack-a-mole when you're surrounded by moles. Um, and I guess that is the thing that keeps me up at night the most, too, is that, like, the problem has gotten, because of how social media scales, I think, in large part, has gotten so much 
worse than it ever was. And the I, I see these crowds of adults, you know, assembling in you know places like Los Angeles, uh, showing up outside of schools to harass people, and like I don't know what I don't know what to do about that. Like part of me thinks. Um, Part of me thinks that the only effective long-term answer is to mobilize a larger number of people to show up to, you know, not necessarily confront those people, but make them make them feel outnumbered and maybe they'll stop and that'll start a process where they they alter their thinking. Like I'm thinking kind of back to some aspects of the civil rights movement here, right, where you would have these people show up at schools to try to stop integration and whatnot, and they would be opposed often by by larger groups so they would see the size of the marches in the street. And like I don't know – I don't even know if it works that way anymore. If like knowing that, you know, 10 to 1 people think your stance on vaccines is stupid and they're willing to show up to like yell at you, if that would do anything. But I don't know what – I don't know what's going to do. Like I'm, I guess I'm asking you like <laughs> – <laughs> Can you have you figured this out? Because I don't know what the <laughs> fuck to do. Um, but it's 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 not you can't we can't close our obviously you're someone who's trying to confront it directly, but we certainly can't keep ourselves like just pretend it's not going to get worse. Right. No, totally. And, um, you know, I often feel like it's almost too far gone. And, mm-hmm. you know, frequently I worry that we've already passed some sort of, you know, point of no return on radicalization ex- exploitation of social media but one of the other things i've also recognized is that when you're in a space that is dedicated to one type of confronting uh one one method of confronting extremism very often they will forget about or deprioritize or or even ignore the other types the other methods and one of the tasks before us, I think, before we throw up our hands and, and give up is trying to tie together all of the different facets of, of resisting extremism from mm-hmm. the the hardcore confrontational doxing and showing up in the streets counter protesting, which I think is an essential part of it, to um, working as hard as we can to try to get tech companies to, to realize what's going on. Uh, and then also on the educational side, like what we're doing with this with this project. Um, some of the things that make me at least a little bit optimistic is that there is obviously inertia, both intentional and unintentional at tech companies, but frankly, they are still extremely far behind in understanding how to even do deplatforming on their platforms, how to even identify who to deplatform. Like the majority of tech companies are still making content moderation decisions on a piece by piece basis, specifically looking at content. Mm-hmm. Very few of them are doing actor analysis. Very few yeah. of them are doing social yeah. network analysis. Very few of them are looking at even the links between like off-platform violence and on-platform content. Like it's yeah. the they are still very much in the stone ages when it comes to content moderation. And uh, that's so so key. When I think about like what actually would reduce the harm that these platforms are doing at scale, it's focusing on the actors. Um, and, and not just like the individual actors, which is part of it, but the patterns that let you tell whether or not someone is like that same actor who's kind of like putting on a different hat, so to speak. Um, are you aware of like, is there any, I, I, cause I, I have not seen that happen yet. I, I haven't seen Facebook take that seriously. Um, and I have, I have spent some time there. Uh, I haven't seen, certainly haven't seen Twitter take that seriously, um, I, I haven't really seen, I don't believe TikTok is like they're, t- they're, they're, they're just, um, 
like you said, they're going after, they're taking it on a piece by piece basis, which is never, there's too many pieces. That's never going to handle the problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, TikTok is crawling right now. They are in their infancy. Um, mm-hmm. They don't, they don't have a data sharing, uh, any sort of data sharing system set up for, for yeah. researchers or anything like that yet. I, I've seen optimistic signals. So I think Facebook's approach to QAnon and Boogaloo movement over the past year has been probably the best the the most positive development we've seen on the content moderation front because they took an actual network based approach to it. Mm-hmm. It was hamstrung by a variety of different policy decisions, but it was still from like a from like a, a mechanics standpoint the most sophisticated one any of the companies has actually talked about openly. Uh, and YouTube has followed in their path. They've started taking more network approaches. Um, they they've taken uh, moderation action against QAnon on a similar basis, but the the thing that i want tech companies to start looking at is applying a lot of the techniques they're using for disinformation and and info, info ops work to extremism and radicalization it's very similar but right now it seems to be just easier politically or just they're further along with doing the large scale network analysis approaches on disinfo um like twitter is doing a lot of that but it's all on information operations and and yeah. authentic info yeah, as opposed to, yeah, people, yeah, and I, uh, I, I worry too because I'm paying attention to kind of you know you have this whistleblower from Facebook and how that's being politicized, right? How the right is kind of going coming at this from a they're trying to say uh, like as Ben Shapiro said they're trying to to um to censor uh, alternative media voices and the like, and I I worry tremendously about the politicization because number one it means that. At best, we've got like three years to get something together before, you know, who knows who winds up in the White House next. But also if it's just this thing of like veering between who gets who gets uh, paid attention to um, based on like what is politically viable for Facebook, we're never going to solve the problem. And I, I I think I agree with you for the most part on the Facebook's response to the Boogaloo movement. I mean, I, I guess I think the problem was that by the time they developed a, a functional set of responses to it, um, it had metastasized. It had grown. It had grown strong enough to exist on its own, and a lot of people had gotten exposed. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What do you think is the actual, is reasonable to expect in terms of response time from these people? Because with Boogaloo stuff, it was about, I want to say about three months, maybe, well, no, it was more like five. It was about five months that it had from like December of, of 2019 was when I started really noticing it. And then like, you know, May at the when when stuff really kicked off with the George Floyd protest is when you started to see action taken the, the tail into May. Yeah. So I, I guess that, that I, I'm wondering, like, what is the half life of this shit? Like, how quickly do you need to to crack down on this stuff before it 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 gets to be impossible to contain? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the the biggest limiting factor on the effectiveness mm-hmm. of, of uh, content moderation in general, but also in, in particular, these new approaches that the tech companies seem to be experimenting with. Um, my understanding is that part of the so I'm not I'm not defending Facebook by any stretch. I'm not here to yeah, yeah, be yeah. the Facebook uh, rallying crew. But my understanding is that they literally did develop an entirely separate approach to taking down the boogaloo movement so that explains at least a little bit of the delay Mm -hmm. but uh hopefully you know my optimistic side hopes that they'll be able to apply it more quickly in the future um the problem is a lot of the network approaches that have been developed are have like these very high thresholds for attribution so it has to be like a a dedicated network that has crossed the line into criminal activity and is actively calling for you know political violence on like Mm -hmm. a network level and that like we all know that that is that is like the end goal or the end point in in the terminal at that exactly right like that is the terminal point of the development of these extremist networks so you know we're 
one of the one of the things that we're working on is trying to figure out a way to convince tech companies that you can and should take action earlier before it reaches that point. Uh, and it's going to be a mosaic of things. It's going to be combining violent extremism with hate speech, with even like CSAM child exploitation stuff, with um, all of, you know criminal criminal conspiracy network policies. All of those things need to be sort of thought of as pieces in a single big overarching umbrella that we can use to take down networks earlier on. But you know, it's a it's a that's one of the biggest tasks is just convincing them to think about it much much earlier. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's, I think, most of what I wanted to get into today. Is there anything else you really wanted to, like, kind of talk about while you're here? Um, those, are the, those are the big ones, for sure. Uh, we will hopefully have more to talk about very soon in how we're approaching this project. Um, it's going to be a, a pretty big project, and it'll take two years to, to implement. But um, we're pretty excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah. Um, well, people can find you uh, on Twitter. At, it's just at Alex Newhouse, right? Alex B. Newhouse. Alex B. Newhouse, yeah. At Alex B. Newhouse. Um, they can uh, check out uh, where you work at at C-T-E-C-M-I-I-S. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see. We'll, uh, maybe we'll have you back on when you... Um, uh, when you, you you actually put out the, the game, but I'm really interested in looking at that. Oh yeah, what was the last thing you brewed? Oh, I brewed a red IPA, and I'm currently brewing three gallons of apple cider. Oh, nice. We just um, we juiced 10 gallons of apples in pairs that I just kegged after oh, uh, almost four weeks of fermentation that I'm I know. I've been, I've, been looking at, I've been looking at apple mills, like uh, apple presses, and yeah. like, I, should, I should just buy one. And we found one to rent, um, so it was just like, I don't know, 30 bucks for the day, uh, and we just gathered up all the apples on property. But it's, it was rad. Definitely very That's soothing. Amazing. Yeah, we were juicing all of the apples the day that um, Tiny uh, got shot at uh, that protest in <laughs> Olympia. So it was just like looking at the Twitter saying there's been a shooting at a protest and being like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not working today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I'm glad I'm not working today. Just having an idyllic <laughs> afternoon pressing apples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a more enjoyable yeah. use of my time right now. <laughs> all right. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being on. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. And uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, go with, you know, whoever, whatever deity, up to you. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.